Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Welcome to everyone to worship today and a special welcome to all of our visitors and guests who are here with us this morning, as well as to everyone joining us by video and podcast. If you would like to order flowers for Easter, the order form is in your bulletin. All orders are due into Devizer by next week, so please feel free to turn in your order form as soon as possible. This morning, we would like to thank Connie Iser, Caitlin Oblinger, Joey Latvala, and Brutton Coyle for sharing their musical gifts with us for one of our hymns. A reminder to our church council members that our monthly meeting will be tomorrow, Monday the 20th at 7 o'clock p.m. Please let Ronnie Dale or Tom Iser know if you will be able to attend. Our next midweek Lenten supper and service is coming up this Wednesday, the 22nd, at 6.30 p.m. Please feel free to sign up to provide part of the meal. Um, the sign-up sheet, I believe, is still on the bulletin board. Yes, please feel free to sign up. Next Sunday, the 26th, is our monthly youth night at 7 o'clock p.m. Come for fun and worship. Please let Shannon know if you will be able to be there. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
without pain and without cost, drink wine and milk. Praise be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, and the God of all consolations. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. God of all mercy, by your power to heal and to forgive, graciously cleanse us from all sin and make us strong. He has injured us, but he 
revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. The second reading comes from Romans, the eighth chapter, starting with the first verse. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful men, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature, on what on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Here ends the readings.
St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, beginning of the 17th verse. Now as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and he went down and asked him a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Has anyone here ever played the game King of the Hill? Only a couple of you. Well, you, a few would be great. Okay, who, who all here has heard of the game King of the Hill? There we go. Yes. Now, as it happens, not long ago, um, at the school bus stop, I got to see some kids playing, um, playing it on top of a snow hill, which is formed in the curve. And it's actually really fun to watch. So for those of you who remember, the rules are actually really simple. One person stands at the top of the hill and proclaims him or herself to be king or queen of the hill. Then, everyone else tries to run up the hill and push the person already on top of the hill off. The one, the one person who succeeds in pushing the person already at the top off, as well as fending everyone else off to get to the top, to get to the top as well, gets to be what? Exactly. But if you think about it, life has basically become one giant game of King of the Hill. We're always in competition with each other, trying to outdo everyone else. We compete for the top grade average in our class. We try to be the top player of our teams, as we try to, along with our whole team, outplay the other teams. We try to get the raise or promotion ahead of everyone else at work and get noticed above everyone else. We try to assert ourselves as the most important people in our communities in certain ways. We try to make ourselves superior, superior by looking down and judging others because of their appearance, lifestyle, or background. In other words, we're always trying to find excuses to push other people down or push other people around to try to satisfy some sort of need to feel better than or superior to everyone else. And whether or not we realize it or even attempt to, a lot of the time, we're looking down on other people. We may get a passing glance at someone and try to figure out the, per the kind of person they are based on their appearance or dress. And when we do so, we may try to feel good about ourselves by thinking that, that we're not like them because of who we think they are. 
I've used the phrase try to a lot because a lot of the time we're attempting to find ways to look down on and judge and feel superior, superior, superior to others. And even though we may, we may feel like we succeed, we actually don't. In fact, we end up seeing things for how they really are, or, or we don't get to see things for how they really are. Also, since I can imagine many of you are probably wondering exactly where I'm going with all this, I want to emphasize that none of this is meant to point fingers or blame at anyone or anyone in particular. I include myself in all this because I have struggled and still continue to struggle with forming opinions about people just based on appearance or other factors. I have also been just as guilty of trying to put myself at the top above everyone else or trying to feel superior to everyone else. I have also had several life experiences, including just in the last few years, which have shown me the consequences of me trying to put myself in a position of superiority. And one of the things I've learned, especially after, having, especially after years, of having to come to terms with what has happened is that the reason we have a tendency to almost automatically want to put ourselves in a position of superiority over others is because our perspective on ourselves and life in general is skewed. More about that in a few minutes, but for the moment, just keep in mind that whether we're actually aware of, of, of whether we're doing so or not, we're looking for ways to try to make ourselves superior to everyone else even trying to make ourselves look better than everyone else in the eyes of God. In today's gospel reading, that's what Mary, or, or, or rather that's what the mother of James and John, whose father in Zebedee, is doing. She thinks her sons are superior to the other disciples, and so she wants to have them look better than everyone else in the eyes of God, in this case Jesus. And, well, really, we can blame her. After all, she's their mom. So of course she thinks that her sons are better than anyone else. So she tries to, to have them put in a position above the others by asking Jesus to have them sit on two thrones, one on his right and one on his left, in positions of prestige, power, and importance. But what she doesn't realize is the true nature of who Jesus is and what his mission really is. He is even just flat told what his purpose for, for being on earth ultimately is. He will be betrayed to those who believe themselves to be superior over others, namely the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and turn him over to others who believe themselves to be superior, to go the governing authorities, to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. His cross will be his true throne, because on it he will show himself to be the true God and King. He will also be put to death as a common criminal, with two criminals crucified at his right and his left. The places which, Jesus says, are already reserved for them. So he does not seek power and prestige for himself, but instead he has come to die. But the reason he has to die is to serve all people by dying as a sacrifice for all sins, and freeing all people from the power and control of sin. He furthermore, as Paul says in today's second reading from Romans, which Shannon read for us just a few moments ago, died to free us from the condemnation of sin. Because the law could not save us or free us from sin, Jesus had to do it himself, fulfilling all the requirements 
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated for our senior choir anthem.
This time we will receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Sustained by God's abundant mercy, let us pray for the church, the world, and all of creation. Eternal God, you seal us by the Holy Spirit and mark us with the cross of Christ forever in baptism. Inspire us by your love as together we strive to bring your kingdom where we live. Lord, in your mercy, creating God, by your word you have made all things and you hate nothing you have made. Teach us to perceive the beauty of the breadth of your creation, from the grandest mountain range to the smallest springtime bud. Lord, in your mercy. Powerful God, you anoint kings and establish rulers. Guide the work of heads of state and elected officials. Encourage them to act on behalf of the well-being of all. Lord, in your mercy. God of abundance, you fill us with more than we could ever ask. Equip the feeding ministries of this community. Nourish us so we can nourish our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Shepherding God, you lead us beside still waters and restore our souls. Keep watch over those who weep. Tend all who are sick and comfort those who grieve, especially those whom we name silently in our hearts.
Lord, in your mercy. God of history, with thanksgiving we remember our ancestors in faith who cared for your people. We praise you for the ways they formed the faith of others and continue to inspire us. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.